Welcome to The Kingstonian, a podcast that profiles individuals who are passionate about what they do for a living, about what organization they belong to, or simply passionate about the community they are a part of. Hello there and welcome. My name is Dave Cunningham. The Greater Kingston Chorus, formerly known as the Sweet Adelines, has been harmonizing for almost 60 years. On this edition, a woman passionate about singing. Her name is Nancy Watson. Nancy, welcome to the program. Thank you, Dave. We are going to talk about your passion for singing. Yes, sir. We are going to talk about an organization that you have been a part of for a long time. Yes. The Greater Kingston Chorus, formerly known as Sweet Adelines, and the big anniversary coming up next year. We're going to talk about that a bit later on. Okay. Let's begin with your passion for singing. Why? How did this start? What is it about singing that you love? Um, I don't remember learning how to sing. I was brought up in a family that loved to sing. So really, and people often say, how do you learn to harmonize? I didn't have to learn. I was I was lucky enough to be born with it. So all through school, public school, high school, didn't do much singing in college, too busy. And then in like 1977, I saw an advertisement in the local paper here in Kingston. And uh, three of us attended a rehearsal and I have never looked back. I, I just, it was just the right thing for me and has continued to be the right thing for me. I would not be the person that I am today without Greater Kingston Chorus Sweet Adelines. Now, if for those people who don't know anything about Sweet Adelines, the group itself is a, a large number of women, right? So how many, it ranges from what to what? Just numbers. In our chorus, okay. we're we're probably sitting around 50 members right now. Okay. But there are choruses, well, one in Toronto that is like 140, 160 at times. So, and they can be as small as 12. So this is like 50 women in a room singing together. Correct. Not to mention the fact that you're making friends with these people because you're <laughs> sitting around with them on a weekly. Do you uh, rehearse weekly? Yes, we do. Okay. Yes. Now, what does singing do for you now? Like you've been doing it for so long. What does it do for you? I in 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 my in my head in my order of love, it is the love of the genre. First, it is four part a cappella, which means unaccompanied singing music in the barbershop style and the, it it is um it's not a, an easy uh genre you use your ears you use your brain so that is first and foremost for me uh, my passion is built around continual learning I learn stuff. I still go to music school several times a year. My kids just don't understand that. Aren't you done learning? <laughs> no, I don't think it ever does. Uh, I don't think you ever stop. And, and I think that is true of any musician or singer or whatever. It is. Uh, it's. Uh, it just goes on and on and on because you love it. You want to get better and better and better. Secondly, something you mentioned are the friendships. This. This. This is my second family. We know each other really, really well. We enjoy each other's company. We work hard and we play hard (laughs) during our down Mm -hmm. times. Let's go back to the very beginning of the genre itself. For those people who may not know, where did the actual uh, genre start and how did it get its name? Well, there we assume there are some assumptions being made here 
But the latest thing in the barbershop uh, um, news is that around 1890, somewhere, African-Americans started singing four-part improvised uh, a cappella harmony. And it tended to be in the local barbershops, as it turns out. So that kind of uh, someone else hears that or joins in with them, and they go, hey, this is cool. I want to do this, too. Um, and there we have a chord. There are several chords that are considered barbershop, but there's one in particular called barbershop dominant seventh chord. And those are the ones that when you hit them just right with those four voices, those four parts, it just causes tingles and goosebumps all over your body. So it spread to um, it spread to colleges and glee cubs and things like that. Um, the, uh, the, our male counterparts started a society for the preservation and encouragement of barbershop quartet singing in America. That's a long title. They shortened it just recently to Barbershop Harmony Society. And our counterpart is Sweet Adeline's International. And there's also a group... Um, uh, called Harmony Incorporated as well. I'm curious to know, where did the name Sweet Adelines come from? From the good old song, Sweet Adeline. (laughs) And we we have talked about it. Sweet Adelines itself will be turning 75 um, next year. Um, It has been often discussed, uh, should we consider changing the name? And at this point, the answer is a resounding no. Although it sounds perhaps a little old-fashioned to people, those people, those of us that are actually in the group still uh, t- are very endeared to that name. So mm-hmm. it's not really on the discussion table right now to change the name. How popular is uh, Sweet Adeline's around the world? Well, I would say very popular. Like everything else, um, you know, you have to Google it, look it up. And and, uh, if you just type in barbershop music, you'll get lots of hits. There's lots of stuff on YouTube and things like that. Um, The United States is doing a very good job of uh, publicizing our genre. Um, Canada needs to do a little bit of... uh, uh, we need to improve upon that Mm -hmm. um, because uh, it is considered an American art form it's certainly not a canadian art form we've we've just fallen into the hobby um so they're they're trying to get us out there um shows like uh pitch perfect um the sing-off the nbc's sing-off uh pentatonics that kind of music although yeah, it's, singing. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not true barbershop but if you really listen once in a while if your barbershop ear is turned on you will hear that aha yeah they did do a little bit of barbershop in their life in their lifetime i'm curious to know and i don't know if at one of the competitions you may have attended where the people are from a country whose language is not necessarily english First, uh, I see on your list that there are barbershoppers or sweet Adelines in Japan. Yes. So are they singing in English or Japanese? Both or either. So can because the art form <laughs> is North American and English, uh, is it harder for them to sing in barbershop harmony given their language, when they sing in their language? I would think so. If someone wanted me to sing in Russian, I think that would be a bit of a challenge. Mm-hmm. But um, I will, I'll give you an example. We have several very good choruses and quartets from Sweden, 
And um, when they attend our conventions um, in the fall of every year, you will you will hear them speaking in their all of these places. You'll hear them speaking in their native tongue. When they sing, I'll tell you their enunciation and their diction mm-hmm. and their vowels. <laughs> are better than what we do because they've had to learn to do it phonetically mm-hmm. and they're bloody near perfect <laughs> when you do that. You really don't detect an accent. You know, we're looking at New Zealand or whatever. Mm-hmm. They sing it so purely and so well that it really isn't detectable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about why this genre of music has continued to be as popular as it is today. What is it? Because to the untrained ear, this, the style is the same. Let's look at this from two angles. Let's look at it from the listener's um, mm-hmm. enjoyment, first of all. The listener will hear beautiful, s- nicely set up chords, four notes only at a time, using the human voice, And when that is done well, it creates a ping, a a lock and a ring sound that is very pleasant to the listener's ear. Mm -hmm. There are also something called overtones. Certain chords, when you sing them correctly and, and well produced, they will actually produce a second sound. It's often a very high ringy sound, or it can also be an undertone underneath, a very low, low note. No one is singing those other notes. It, it's a physical thing. It, just, it's a, it is created. From the singer's point of view, it is highly enjoyable because your, your brain is thinking, your ears are turned on, uh, you see and hear the music. We, we, we mostly learn our music. Uh, we learn it and then we throw away the paper. We get rid of it. Mm-hmm. We, we do it uh, from, I hate to use the word memorize because it really isn't that. It's just that you sing it and rehearse it so often that you just know where your part is going to fit into the other people and you know the notes and the words and then you concentrate on creating all that lovely uh, lock and ring with people. So I think I hope that answers the question. Mm-hmm. One of the things I'm curious about, too, is that I've seen the chorus perform, and I'm wondering if over time, so you have been involved with this chorus for a while, yes. has there been a, a change in the way you present yourselves on stage, not just the singing, but the movements that you make? Is it choreographed, and how does that all work? I'm just curious about that angle. Yeah, we um, in the barbershop world, we really consider ourselves show choruses. So we, uh, we're very costume-oriented. Even the men's groups, um, will. Th- there's a lot you can do with a suit and a tie, just saying. Um, the women, we have a little more latitude there. We can do costumes. You can also do a, a show package. Um, you could all be clowns if you so decided to and have mm-hmm. everyone dress as a clown. Or you could, you could do, uh, if you were doing cats, you could all dress as cats. Or, and that's very showy. Regularly, though, we're just going to look presentable in some form of common thread, whether it's all black, black and white, whether we all have the same dress on or the same top on, just for, just for unity. 
Um, yes, we do, you know, quote unquote choreography. It is um, it is meant to make the song that you're singing very authentic, character driven, and interesting to the listener and the watcher who is watching the chorus. So, yeah, there will be some, maybe some dance moves put in there. We have, all choruses have something called a front row or a first row. There, there are real dancers, the rest of us standing on the steps, which we call risers, um, do our best. We're taught how to sort of mimic their moves without doing, without doing mm-hmm. cartwheels. And there are some choruses where they have some young people in the front row doing cor- yeah, doing cartwheels, cartwheels oh, and backflips <laughs> and all sorts of stuff. Yes. Has it, has it changed over the years? Yes. It, it, like any, um, like any hobby, you know, there are cool things to do in the seventies. There were cool things to do in the eighties. There, mm-hmm. it, it, it morphs and changes depending on, on the, the, what year you're, you are in. One of the big things about the greater Kingston chorus and any chorus of that nature is the, are the competitions that you go to. Now, uh, I saw in the write-up that I was reading that you have attended some international competitions. Uh, You have attended several of these competitions. Just give me an overview about why you like the competitive aspect of this. Thrill. Thrill, I guess. It is the... Get the um, juices going. You bet. You bet. Um, it It is the payoff for... Um, the hundreds of hours of choosing the music, learning the music, singing it to the best of our, because we have all different levels of skill, right? Singing mm-hmm. it to the best of our personal ability and then as a chorus or quartet to the best of your ability at that moment in time. <clears throat> um, we get feedback um, from regional competitions and international competitions um, so that we know where to go in the next year or two or five, um, how to improve. What you have to work on. Yes. Okay. I'm thinking that when new members join the organization, they have to have some skill when they walk in the front door, do they not? Yes. Yes, they do. Um, we Most choruses um, hold auditions. Now, that can be a, a scary word to some people, but, but it can also be an exciting, challenging word to other people. We, um, when, a, when a prospective member attends one of our rehearsals, she is well taken care of. She's greeted at the door. People take her under their wing so that she, uh, if she has any questions or any anxieties or anything during that evening, she is very well taken care of. As she gets to hear us and sing along with us, perhaps on week three or something like that, um, she will have already been given um, the uh, copy of the notes on the page, and she will have been given access to digital uh, recorded learning tracks, so she can take that, those two things home. And we just ask her to learn uh, a particular one-song piece of music. And the, next, the, the following weeks, you know, week two, three, four, five, six, whatever, she will be asked to come a little bit early and sing with three other people so that she can get her ear and her brain wrapped around the harmony because it, it can be very different. Um, so the night of her audition, all we need to hear is, can she sing her part 
and stay on her notes without being misled into one of the other parts. Um, And Dave, you just said, I've been doing this for many, many years. I have been in the audition process with hundreds of women, and there have only been precious few that just couldn't seem to be able to find, to stay on their note with the harmonies. Most people have that ability. I've been talking about this topic with other people in other genres, and it's the business of standing up and singing for the first time. And if you are auditioning to play an instrument in an orchestra, you have the instrument in front of you, and you can either play it or you can't. If you're singing, that's a whole different ballgame, at least in my head it is. So when you talk about it being potentially scary, in a sense it is, but obviously someone has a desire to get involved in the organization to start with if they're showing up at an audition night. True. So... You have, you've already mentioned that you've spent a lot of time in the audition room working with uh, all kinds of women over the years. You have played different roles, and I think one of the things we've sort of talked a little bit about is the business of in a quartet, which is a subgroup of the chorus itself. Four voices. Four voices alone. So those four voices have to be different, right? So you are a bass when you are in a quartet. Mm-hmm. Or when you're in the chorus as well, you're singing bass parts. True. Just uh, for the uninitiated to music, the, the business of the four different voices. I would be happy to explain that. I will start with them, the part that we call leads, and they have a mid-range voice, both in men and women's barbershop music, and they sing the melody of the song. Tenors have harmony notes, but it's a higher voice range than what the leads are singing. Basses sing harmony, and they have the lower voice range. Baritones have the same mid-range as leads, but they sing harmony, much like an alto in in, uh, choirs. What I I like about uh, women's barbershop music, there are lots and lots of women who have a lower, lower singing voice. Um, we go to events and we're, we're struggling to sing these high, high, high notes and it mm-hmm. hurts our throat and everything. If you like singing lower notes, barbershop music is the, is the place for you. We are rapidly running out of time on the program and we want to get to the chorus itself and the celebration and the plans that you're thinking about putting together if you haven't already organized them. So 2020 represents the 60th Six zero anniversary of Sweet Adeline's in Kingston. And I think you said earlier that it was 75 years is, is the art form for, for women has been in existence. So you guys have been around almost since the beginning of this thing. Yeah. So, so what are you planning on doing next year? Well, um, we are fortunate that our actual charter date, the date that, that Kingston became um, Sweet Adelines, the chorus was, was formed. It took three years to get their charter. But their actual charter date is Saturday, May the 2nd, 2020. How fortunate we are that that falls on a Saturday. So <laughs> we're, going to have, we're going to have a really fun, uh, fun, fun time. Um, we're, we'll be holding it at Our Lady of Fatima Parish Hall on Division Street. There will be a come and go visit from 2 to 5 o'clock. 
Um, we are affectionately call Greater Kingston Chorus GKC. GKC will give a little mini performance to those people, and then uh, there will be a, 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 a dinner following that. So we have we are digging in our archives for wonderful past pictures. Um, we're creating a database of all the hundreds and hundreds of women who have become that were a, a member of GKC. Uh, and we're going to do our best to contact. So if you hear this and you were a, a, a GKCer or you know of someone, would you please, please contact them and, and go to our website and let us know so that we can have you come to our come and go reception on that afternoon. I am assuming that when you folks get together, there will be a lot of stories told about past competitions and trips that you may have taken. And oh, no, no, no. Uh, what happens at contest stays at contest. <laughs> I wasn't going to explore what happens at contest. I'm just looking, at uh, the pragmatic kind of guy that I am is looking at if I have 50, 60, 70 women all going to the same place for a weekend, and just the logistics of that, and if you have multiple choruses, like you must book the whole town in terms of hotels. Pretty much. Um, we, we, have, we have been going to Syracuse, New York for years and years and years. This year, our contest is being moved to St. Catharines, Ontario, but there are regional people. Our, our Lake Ontario Region 16 <clears throat> have a team of people who look after the convention. They do all the logistics. They book the auditorium where we will be uh, competing. They pre-talk to three or four hotels. That's all looked after. All we kind of have to do is let them so know you guys don't who's, have to do that. No, who's coming. And uh, yeah, that is that is done by our region. A well-organized machine. It certainly is. Upcoming shows in the next few weeks. This being recorded at the start of November 2019. So what have you got coming up? Well, some of our, our more important ones are uh, November the 24th. Um, this is a fun one, and we've done this before. We're singing with Elvis on the Home for Christmas with Elvis at the Grand Theater. So he's Grand still alive. Theater. He is still alive? <laughs> Apparently, yes, <laughs> okay. yes. He was very handsome a couple of years ago, so <laughs> so that that's a really fun one for us to do. Um, another one that I'd like to mention is December 13th, we'll be sharing the stage with Orchestra Kingston at the Spire. So again, if people, now the, the, the show at the Grand, you go through the Grand, if you're interested in the tickets at the Spire, I'm at, towards the end of the show here, we'll give out our uh, our website, just head on to our website and leave us a, a message. So again, uh, if you want information, so a couple of bits we should probably finish off the show with, and that's information about rehearsals. So you do rehearsals Every Tuesday? Thank you. Yes, we do. 6.30 to 9.30, um, 2621 Highway 38. It's just five minutes north of the 401 and Gardner's Road, where, where, where the 401 meets the Gardner's Road. It's not far out into the country at all. Come on out anytime, anytime. And if you want more information about the Greater Kingston Chorus, about audition nights, or just coming out to listen, or the celebrations next year, how do they get a hold of you folks? I think the best way is www.greater 
Kingston Chorus, all one word, dot ca. Um, you could also Google us and find us on uh, Facebook. Someone will uh, answer your question or your or your give you any more information. Okay, so the website is www.greaterkingstonchorus, all one word, dot ca. Thank you. Okay, that's all the time we have, Nancy, and I appreciate you coming in, and I've enjoyed our conversation. Thank you, David. It was my pleasure to be here. Theme music for the program is Stasis Oasis, a tune written and performed by Kingston musician Tim Aylesworth. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about any of our episodes, please send a note to the Kingstonian Podcast Facebook page. This is Dave Cunningham from Kingston, Ontario. Thank you for listening. Until next time.